ESPN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are in day number two of the Nebraska State FFA Convention. So you're going to hear a lot of noise in the background from our FFAers as uh, they are mingling about talking to businesses like us here at the convention. Interesting day again in the marketings. We're looking at some still some negativity going on for these feeder cattle and the lean hogs. The live cattle, though, saw a bit of green on the screen. Not a lot, but it's still a little. You flip the page and look over to the grain side of the action and obviously it has been some higher numbers in the corn and the beans lower though in the wheat complex but to start it all off we're going to focus on what's happening with the cattle kyle bumstead joins us with allendale and i I jokingly said to you at, at the beginning kyle it's nice to see some green on the screen for these cattle but the question is how long will it stay that's a good question, Susan. First of all, thanks for having me back, and congratulations to all the contestants and uh, the FFA members down there. As a, as a former FFA member myself, they're having the time of their life right now, so enjoy it. Um, but looking here at this live cattle and feeder cattle complex as a whole here, uh, we did see a really good bounce-off yesterday's lows. We could have potentially put in a spike low yesterday on this feeder cattle chart here. A um, couple things are influencing the feeders here today more than we see uh, normally. We started uh, the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index Fund roll here today, which obviously we saw the pressure on the April and the May, but the April I'm really not looking at too much right now because it's tied to the cash index market. It's going to be gravitating itself uh, to that number here as we get the shot clock winding down on that one but the may contract did see some uh, active liquidation here by those uh, index fund rolls we did see them liquidating the may contracts moving out to the august that's why we we're down about 47 cents on the may and up about a dollar 57 here on these august so obviously that was a little bit of fun uh, roll in point there but looking out at the spreads even even uh, out in the further spreads it was a little bit more bearish than i'd like to see the August lost about 22 to 25 cents here to the September here at the close. So we did see a little bit more bear spreading going on, which kind of tells us that uh, maybe this feeder cattle complex is becoming somewhat of a weather derivative, telling us what's going on here with the weather here in the uh, plains and the western United States, Susan. Well, we had, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday with Arlen Suderman, we had a young gentleman stop by the booth here during the convention who has a lot of concerns about the number of cows they're going to market because obviously not only higher feed bill, but just the concerns about feed stuff being available to them. What are you hearing in cattle country, and is this a trend we're going to see in the coming weeks to come? It's already happening, Susan. It's already happening. Right. We're already seeing liquidation here. We've, we've been seeing liquidation here in the Western Plains, Northwest, and the Northern Plains here, even the Southwestern Plains here for the last couple of years. It's really starting to hit close to home here in Nebraska. If we don't start getting some rains here in the next week, week and a half, two weeks, there's going to be a lot more cull cows hit the market in this area than we've seen. First, it was everywhere else was selling cows. Now we're at the point of getting ready to sell cows here in central and western Nebraska, and even more so than we already have been. So, you know, you look around here, the feed availability, that's getting to be a real issue. I, I do know several people that uh, were looking at, uh, you know, holding some cows here until we got some grass. But that grass just isn't coming on right now. We don't have the moisture, and they don't want to get rid of the hay. They want to kind of keep what they have here for a young herd as long as they possibly can here before they start liquidating that. So how do you see that impacting what we see in the feeder prices um, for for these guys and and, and what that means coming across the meat counter? If we've got a lot of cows coming to market, Mm -hmm. hopefully we would see maybe a drop in hamburger price, for example, looking at it from a consumer perspective. Yeah, from a consumer perspective, yes, I, I would think that hamburger price uh, could come down a little bit, although we are 
hinting at that grilling season coming around the corner here. We are we are getting into that here after we get out of get out of the Easter season. We do start kind of, you know, informally starting grilling season, which really doesn't kick off until Memorial Day, but a lot of the cattle and the cows being uh, you know, processed now, that's gonna be closer towards that Memorial Day when they're pushed out there towards the shell, toward towards the meat counter. So look at the feeder complex. I think it's telling us this right now during you know, throughout the spreads. The, the market's actually looking for more feeders coming to town here short term, and that's what I think is going to weigh on this market here. The index did have some nice gains here the last couple of weeks here. Week, week and a half, we did see some good gains, but recently it's kind of leveled off and somewhat set back just a little bit. So I think a lot of that is feeders coming to town. We had a lot of feeders get placed early coming off the wheat pasture because we simply didn't have the wheat pasture out there in the in the southwestern plains here for the cattle to graze. So those cattle got placed early. And, you know, I wonder if some of these grass calves that are supposed to be heading out the grass, you know, out the grass pasture, will some of those cattle come back through early too if we don't have the grass? That's the question. I think that's a possibility, a high possibility we see some grass calves come to town really early. Well, you know, we've, we've heard folks in Oklahoma and in, in southern Kansas talking about the issues. But like you said, it is starting to spread north, which is bringing more attention to what's happening. Oh, absolutely. I think it is. I think it is spreading up. Uh you know, the Northern Plains and, and even here in Nebraska, South Dakota and North Dakota, even though, you know, they had, they had a lot of liquidation up there in the North Dakota last year and, uh, Eastern Montana, Central Montana. And I think there's even more of it coming on now because they've gotten through to another grass season. They don't have the grass and they, they're simply out of feed up there in those, in that country. And we're getting kind of that wire here in Central Nebraska. So what do you think about the, uh, June to August spreads on this cattle market? Okay, yeah, switching over to live cattle, that June-August live cattle spread does tell us that there's still some bearishness, there's still some numbers out here, there's still some tonnage to work through here, too, in the short term. And the tonnage, yes, the weights came out today. The weights were uh, lighter week over week. I think we lost we lost about six pounds week over week on the steers, and we were down about uh, four pounds on the heifers week over week. But comparing that to last year's data, same week, we're still 11 pounds heavier on the steer carcass and 12 pounds heavier on the heifer carcass than we were a year ago. And I know a lot of people are telling me, well, this high dollar corn, we just won't feed the cattle near as, near as heavy. Well, the market's still showing us we're still feeding them heavy. We still have a tonnage issue because there's still premium built in the deferreds. Well, that tells me if I'm short up front, I can roll it out and pick up the premium in the deferred. And until we get this market to change where we get the premium up front, like it is in the grains, we get the premium up front, that's going to be more of a bullish setup than we have right now. I, it really, looking at the spreads, it really doesn't show much bullishness clear out until next February, maybe next April of, of uh, 23. That's the, that's the issue that I'm seeing here. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we continue with the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, people and products make the difference. Here's Fontenelle dealer Brandon Novak from St. Paul, Nebraska. Fontenelle offers a strong product lineup through their soybeans and through their corn. Working with the people of Fontenelle have made things a lot easier just because I have a sense of security and knowing that the products that I choose will be the right products for my farm with the help of our knowledgeable agronomists and FSRs. For more, contact your local dealer or go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide labels. VM. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation this afternoon with Kyle Bumstead. Kyle, of course, with Allendale. So we left off kind of talking what was happening in, in this cattle market. We're going to look at some economic indicators on this second half. What are some things that are catching your attention, and especially as you have these conversations with clients every day, Kyle? Well, obviously... 
you know, you've got a Fed that's going to be raising rates. We've known about that for a while. Not saying they're doing the right thing, the wrong thing. It's the Fed. It's the government. Who knows what they're going to do. But you look over here at some of your everyday expenses, gas for the car. You've got your everyday household items. Everything is going up. And that's a concern because everything's going up out here in farm country, just like everybody else. You know, we're trying to make a living like everybody else, and we've got to live too. But you look at it when everything's, you know, everything's going up from the price of, you know, whatever they're getting at the box stores, the gas they're putting in their car. That is an economic indicator that you really have to slow down and look at and say, okay, it's cost me $4 a gallon for gas, almost $4, or it's, you know, $5 or almost $5 a gallon for diesel fuel. People really cut back, and I've said this before, and I sound like a broken record on your program, Susan, but beef, pork, chicken, meat items are still a luxury item all over the world, and if people can't afford them, they won't buy them. So, you know, some of the biggest cuts you'll probably see are going to be, you know, obviously the higher-end cuts. People will cut that out first, and then they'll just trickle on down and go to, you know, hamburger, and then if they can't afford that, they'll do something else. It is. It is definitely something we need to keep an eye on. And then we see what's going on um, with with the proteins. Uh, China is locked down once again because of COVID and all the t- testing that they're doing. That's got to have some effects on us here in the U.S. in some shape or form. Well, it does, and I think that uh, you know some of the effect isn't necessarily always on product. I think the effect that it has on our markets is algo traders. They pick up on those headlines, and they see it, and then they start to run with it, and then we, uh, then we start to see the sell-offs in the market. But it's still definitely an issue that we have to kind of look at here stateside, too, because we could, we could break with it again, too, and have our you know, areas where we have hot spots, and that, that does cause a demand concern. Okay, what are we what are we seeing? I was just looking at the global demand for US beef continues to soar, pork exports below last year. So good news from the beef, kind of a struggle for these pork producers. Yeah, it is a little bit of a struggle for the pork producers, but China's herd has also uh China's also China has also expanded their herd. They have more hogs readily available, so you know, they they're probably not needing to import near as much. But looking at our beef export side of things, you know, today had a, you know, decent was okay, I guess as far as our uh, export sales. We're still positive year over year. We're still 5% over last year, but uh we're still we're still about we're still down about 23% versus last year, but our year-to-date sales are still positive. At five percent over last year so shipments are a little bit poorer but sales are a little bit better so you know overall the dollar is going to affect things too you know if the dollar does take off and rally again that could affect our export picture so so looking at the grain side of the complex today uh corn futures we saw some weaker spread action going on maybe a little bit of consolidation on the on the trade what, what are you seeing and hearing well i'm seeing yeah like you said consolidation you know um the May contracts are being affected, obviously, by the, the fund roll. We got that out of the way during the cattle, so they're taking out of their Mays and moving out to the deferreds. But looking out here as far as the corn complex, excuse me, corn complex as a whole, I think we could see July maybe tick up a little bit further than here. We might make a new contract high here in July. I don't think we're that far away from doing so. Looking at the December, I think December has some room to run here. As dry as we are here in the Midwest, I think there's a lot of weather issues yet to, uh, you know, to address here yet this summer. But looking out at today's action, I'm really not going to read too much into it because we're on the eve of a data dump from the USDA and everybody knows my, uh, my position on USDA reports. <laughs> uh, but looking out there, those deferred issues, I mean, it's, it's, it's old data and we just come off an old data report that we had here last week. So, you know, the market's already traded into it. But when you look at the market as a whole, corn, soybeans, and wheat, new crop corn 
is inverted from Dece to July. December's trading a penny and a half over July. And you look at the beans, November beans are trading 17 and a half cents over next July, July 23. And you look at the wheat complex, July wheat is trading a penny and a half over September. And in the Kansas City wheat, we're trading about par there, July versus September. So what it's telling me that long term, the fundamentals are still bullish in these grains and oil seeds. And no matter what, the market right now is trading like we're not going to have enough here at the end of the year. That's the way it's looking to me when I look at these spreads. We're still front-loading these grain and oilseed complexes. That is still friendly overall long-term. So as you look at that and we get ready to wrap up, uh, this constant fluctuation that we see in the grain prices is taking a toll on what we see on the livestock side. Yes, it, it definitely is. I mean, you're talking uh, some areas, even here in the Midwest, you're talking close to $8 a bushel for corn laid here into the bunk. You get in the south, southwestern cattle feeding areas, it might be closer to 850 to 875 corn in the bunk. Yes, that is taking a toll uh, on the on the livestock producer. And it's also, uh, you know, it, it's also taking a toll on the on the other end users, too, because there's competition for that grain, too. So, All right, sounds good. Lots of things we talked about today, Kyle. Best way for folks to get a hold of you. You can call me here at the office at 308-708-7340. And that's been today's Fontenelle Final Bell, being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.